Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning. Let's try that again. I don't know what was going on. I didn't even touch any wrong buttons, but it just didn't really want to be working for me this morning. But we're going to start all over again and see if we can't get this going. This is Joe Welke here at the Wax Station. And it's time to start getting some of those chores done. Our temperatures around the area, Eau Claire, we're sitting at 23, Medford's 24, Rice Lake's 28, Wausau's 30, Green Bay's 39, Marshfield's 28, La Crosse is 39, Madison's 42, and Milwaukee's the hot spot of the state that I picked up at 48. We've got some chores to do. We're going to talk about pork exports. We're going to talk about export sales of soybeans that are going to Mexico and we're going to go over the outstanding young farmers at the national level that were laid, that were named there from Wisconsin. And in honor of Valentine's Day that was just a little bit ago, we're going to talk a little bit about candy prices and the price of sugar. Right now we are almost at 5 o'clock, so we're going to run right over and see what the news is today. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Millions of people are bracing for another cross-country storm. Severe weather is expected to hit up to 11 central states in just hours. The most at risk include Texas, Oklahoma, Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Tennessee to the Louisiana coast. Forecasters warn heavy rain could cause flooding. On top of that, some areas are on alert for possible tornadoes. The U.S. will continue diplomatic efforts with Russia in close consultation with U.S. allies, but won't hesitate to respond if Russia decides to move. We do not stand for freedom. Where it is at risk today will surely pay a steeper price tomorrow. President Biden said while the Russian Defense Ministry reported that some military units were leaving their positions on the Ukrainian border, the U.S. has yet to verify that. The president stressed the costs of Russia deciding to move, assuring them that the U.S. and its allies were united and galvanized. It's possible those consequences could hit at home as well. Biden acknowledged that responding could impact energy prices, but his administration is prepared to use resources to provide relief at the gas pump. Actor Alec Baldwin is being sued by the family of a cinematographer who was accidentally shot and killed on a New Mexico film set. Lisa Taylor has more. The husband and son of Helena Hutchins are also suing the producers of the film Rust and other crew members. The wrongful death suit claims the production company broke basic rules for use of a firearm on the film set. Baldwin was practicing a scene last October when he fired a live round, striking Hutchins and the film's director. The director survived while Hutchins died that day. I'm Lisa Taylor. And the happiest place on earth is ending its mask mandate tomorrow. Disneyland is following what the state just did yesterday, but still asking unvaccinated visitors to cover up. 
Masks are also required for everyone on shuttle buses and in any health settings such as first aid. Florida's Disney World also drops its mask requirement tomorrow. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. And that's a little bit of the latest. Let's hear, let's look at our weather today. Our high is supposed to get up to 31 with our low of 3, but it's supposed to be cloudy tomorrow. We're not going to make it, we're not going to be so warm. Our high is only going to be 12 with a low of 7 and partly partly sunny. Friday, we're going to bounce right back and be a, with a high of 33 and the low of 2, negative 2. Saturday, we're going to drop a little bit with our high of only being 22, but Sunday, 40. That is what is in the forecast. And our forecast is brought to you by Markwart Motors. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by Markwart Motors. Markwart Motors would like to thank their valued and loyal customers, their hardworking employees, and the surrounding community for making Markwart Motors the largest General Motors dealership in the state of Wisconsin. We're going to get back and get some more chores done. And we also have, later on this hour, we're going to have Jordan Lamb. Bob had the opportunity to talk to her. She's an, an attorney out of Madison that does a lot of lobbying for the ag community. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wisconsin winters are a polarizing experience. You either love them or you want to leave them. Be sure to enter the Rural Mutual Insurance Love It or Leave It sweepstakes, where each week you can win prizes by voting for the things you love and dread about winter. Visit us at RuralMutual.com to vote. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, you can still get out there and vote for what you don't like on Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance does sponsor our market. And we're going to jump right into them. Choice by Beef Steers are 134 to 145 and a half with mixed at 120 to 133. Choice fed Beef Heifers are 130 to 145 with mixed coming in at 80 to 129. Choice fed Holstein Steers are 114 to 128 and a half with selects at 80 to 113. Cows are 57 to 75 with a top of 76 to 87. Bulls are 48 to 99. Butcher hogs are 54 to 60 and a half with sows coming in at 56 to 63 and a half. New crop market lambs are 225 to 242 and a half with old crop market lambs are 190 to 215. Feeder lambs are 255 to 370. Let's look at our futures markets. For February, our live cattle are, is 142.90, up 47.5. April is 146.90, up 55 cents. June is 142.12, up 67 cents. For our feeder cattle markets, for March, 168.72, up $1.85. April is 172.55, up $1.05. May is 176.92 up a dollar 37. August is 186.65 up a dollar 70. And our lean hogs are 104.15 up a dollar 8. And May they're 108 up a dollar and a half. In June they're 113.70 up a dollar 85 and July they're 112.95 up a dollar seventy, and all those markets are trending upward through the end of the year. 
Let's look at our Chicago Board of Trade for our March corn is 641 up 3 oats is 717 down 2 soybeans are 1563 up 12 our soybean meal is 444 dollars a ton up 5 5 and a half dollars wheat is 8 dollars and 7 cents up 1 and a half and jumping right into our cheese Products barrels are one ninety five. No change from yesterday. Our forty pound blocks are one ninety nine, up seven and a half. Our grade double A butters at two eighty six, up seven and a half. And our class three milk futures for February, they're at twenty eighty, down two cents. March they're up sixteen cents at twenty two ninety seven. April they are down four cents at twenty three twenty one. May they're up. 14 cents at 22.67 and June they're down one penny at 22.17 and that market is trending downward through the end of the year. After a few more chores, we're going to jump right on over and hear what Provision Partners has for their update. It's time for Provision Partners update. Let's talk to Brad Matson, our lead agronomist at Provision Partners. Last week you talked about getting the planters ready. What about those seed beds? Yeah, Jill, it's, um, you know, we, we focus on the equipment a lot of times, but what is that soil conditions like and how do we manage it and, and what should we be looking for in an ideal seed bed? And we're really talking about two different factors when we look at planting. We're looking at are we doing, what are we doing to create a root bed and uh, what are we doing to create a seed bed? They're both totally different. A seed bed, we're going to want firm in the top two inches so when you go out and walk in that field if you're doing tillage you want to have that uh, that ground firm enough that you're not sinking basically past the sole of your shoe so you want it loose you want a nice granular structure and that's going to allow that planter to do its job efficiently and do it in the way it's designed to do it the root bed is what's something we, we overlook a lot of time what's going on below that two inches and and if you're doing tillage and those types of things and the best way to see you want to create a zone that that roots roots proliferate uniformly and as they can down below the surface because that's going to be really key in, in managing yields because if that root is inhibited by anything, it's not going to have the area to pull up water, nutrients, those types of things. And so it puts you really at a disadvantage. And uh, the things you want to look for is the structure. And, you know, we have soil structure. You have basically three that we deal up in this region of the country, and that's going to be granular and blocky and, and platy. And granular, you know, is, is kind of the way it describes it. Nice, loose soil. You can put your hand in there, and the soil just kind of breaks up, and 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 there's a nice little granular structure. And that's what you're really shooting for. Unfortunately, we don't see that. What we typically see a lot in this region is a blocky structure. So the soil breaks up in big chunks, maybe as small as one inch, two inch chunks, or four inch chunks, and that's that's going to be a problematic because whatever inside that chunk is for nutrients and stuff is not going to be available for those plants to uptake. So you're limiting what that plant can feed from. The third type is platy, and that is where you have uh, horizontal layers, basically plate layers. Their roots have a terrible hard time penetrating through this structure, and it really becomes yield limiting. A lot of times if you get into a platy structure, you're going to see anywhere from 30 to 50 bushel yields off your corn. So it's really, you really got to dig out there and see what you're dealing with and how you manage those things. We'll talk a little bit about next week. But how, how can we manage those soil structures to create the best environment we can for the 
for the uh, crop that you're growing. You mentioned the seed bed. That's what we see, correct? That's correct. That's your top two inches. And, and then the root bed, we don't really see that unless we really go to look for it. No, that one you're going to take a shovel and you're going to have to do some investigation and, and see what you're dealing with. And that can unlock a lot of yield potential from knowing what you're dealing with. And it's really different management styles of how you deal with that root zone, root bed, based on if you're no-till or minimum till or full tillage. It's, it's really important to know what you have, what you're dealing with, and then start figuring out a plan and how you're going to manage that. And the root bed could be look different from one spot in the field to a different spot. <laughs> Well, absolutely, it's going to change with your soil types. You know, are you are you into a sandy loam or are you into a clay loam or a silt loam? Each one is going to have its unique challenges and how you're going to have to manage them a little differently. So we see that typically uh, when we're looking at yield maps in the fall here, we're seeing parts of the field that just doesn't make any sense why it's not yielding as much as it should. A lot of times that's, that'll attribute to something in that uh, root zone there that's preventing the plants from going out exploring the whole area around it to attract all the nutrients and water it can to, to get the yield. Sounds like we've got to keep our eyes above the ground and below the ground all the time. Yep, it's uh, more goes on below the ground than up the ground, but all we, we tend to fo- focus on is what's going up above the ground. and Getting out there Looking at those root systems as it's growing, but thinking of asking questions. What can I do to better improve my soil structure to uh, maximize the performance of the seeds I'm putting in the ground and the investment of fertilizer I'm putting out there? That's our ProVision Partners update with Brad Matson. I'm Jill Welke. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, after our few little stutter steps at the beginning of the show, we've got everything running like we, I think it should be. Kristen and I are going to be over at the Marshfield Farm Show. We're going to be at booth number 12. So come on over. Mar- Kristen did tell me that the roads were a little bit rough last night when her and Kinsey and Colton or Cashton were setting up. So here's the shout out to Kinsey and Cashton. Thank you for helping mom out. You know, it's one of those things that you get rooked into sometime as your mom is busy, busy, busy. Let's take a look at some farm news. Pork exports grew in 2021. U.S. pork exports to Mexico were at record high levels. The NAFTA agreement gave Mexico duty-free access to U.S. pork, causing shipments to increase. Pork shipments soared to Central America and rebounded in Colombia, even though pork cuts prices were up. The U.S. became the largest supplier of chilled pork to Korea because of zero-duty access outlined in the U.S.-Korea trade agreement. The U.S.-Japan trade agreement helped to increase pork exports to Japan by lowering the tariff rate. It had been 20% on ground-season pork, a key ingredient in sausages processed and sold in Japan, but will be down to zero by 2025. National Outstanding Young Farmers named Philip and Laura Finger from Oconto, Wisconsin have been named the Outstanding Young Farmers at the national level. They operate a fifth-generation dairy farm where they grow alfalfa, corn, soybeans. The Fingers focus on cattle comfort and new technologies to help them meet their milk production goals. Land conservation is a priority for the Fingers Farm. 
with grass strips to prevent erosion, a comprehensive nutrient management program, and three separate manure storage facilities in place, the ultimate goal is to make the farm sustainable for the next generation. Wisconsin has had 20 national outstanding young farmers since 1955. After we get a few more chores done, we're going to hear from Bob and Jordan Lamb, an attorney out of Madison that works with lobbying for the agriculture. State government, where are we at, especially as it relates to agriculture? We're going to talk to Jordan Lamb now. Jordan, of course, is an attorney that uh, works with many organizations in Wisconsin. And Jordan, what's, what's your official title? Because uh, you work with so many organizations as a lead lobbyist, as an attorney, but uh, what is your actual title with your organization? So I am the chair of the Government Relations Practice Group at DeWitt Law Firm in Madison. All right. The state legislature, where are we at as far as this legislative session and as far as agriculture is concerned, what do you see have been the highlights of this past year as far as agriculture and some of the challenges we've still got to face? We are nearing the finish line. So the state legislature is about to adjourn. We've got maybe three to four weeks left. So we have some standalone bills that are pending that would be critical for Wisconsin farmers to get them passed before they adjourn for the election year. In 2021, the highlights for agriculture so far, we had an exceptionally strong state budget bill. There was uh, funding provided for DATCAP's producer-led watershed grant program, funding provided for rural well compensation grants at DNR, $2 million for new positions at UW Extension for specialists, statewide specialists, and UW-Madison, and a concerted effort to expand Wisconsin's agricultural export program. Really a fine budget for farmers in Wisconsin. And uh, still more work to do and uh, more work that hopefully the legislature will get done. NR-151 ATCP bill related to that. Catch us up on where we're at with the, the rewrite, revision, what's happening. So NR-151 is currently suspended. They sort of ran out of time to move that nitrate standard forward. In order for that to come forward again, the DNR would have to write a new scope statement and start over, start that rule process over. ATCP-50 is open. DATCAP is going to be working on a revision to that rule. That is Wisconsin Soil and Water Resource Management Rule. Um, These are going to be changes that are going to affect um, the current application of NR-151's Silurian Dolomite standard. So that's the the change that was passed about two years ago at DNR. Now DATCAP's going to work on the technical standards to meet that, that depth to bedrock standard. Um, The legislature, however, is working on two very important nitrate bills for agriculture. They both are farmer-led nitrate reduction initiatives. The first bill Assembly Bill 727 or Senate Bill 677 spends money to do three things. Create a pilot program to address nitrate contamination. This is a nitrate optimization grant program that would be run through DATCAP. Grants directly to farmers to optimize the use of nitrogen on their farms. Funding for a hydrogeologist and funding for a cover crop insurance premium rebate. So if you plant cover crops, you can apply for a $5 per acre insurance premium rebate. What kind of money are we talking about as far as... uh Assembly Bill 727. It's about $3.5 million over the biennium. And uh, as far as, again, I kind of interrupted you there as you were going to go on with another thought about how this is going to be actually applied, but it is uh, something that farm organizations are pushing 
this nitrogen management and reduction. Absolutely. Farmer-led conservation has a, a brilliant history of success in Wisconsin. That's how we see environmental change on farms. It comes from the farm up more successfully than it comes from regulation down. So this bill would support that, and the farm groups are working really hard to pass it at the end of the session. What kind of a feeling are you getting from the legislature? This is a very divided legislature, and as you mentioned, there aren't a lot of farmers in the legislature anymore. What kind of feeling are you getting? Do they understand the importance of this and that agriculture is behind this? They definitely know that agriculture is behind this. This is strongly supported across agricultural groups. I think my feeling is hopeful. I, I think that if farmers speak up a little bit at the end of the session and ask the legislature to take action on this initiative, that we can get it done. We are running out of time, and in this situation, we do need farmers to talk to their legislators and ask them to pass this before they adjourn and march. The funding, where does that come from? And is there a challenge getting money from, from one source versus another? GPR funding was brought up at, uh, at a recent meeting. Where is this money coming from? Well, that's a good question. This bill does not include GPR funding. Its funding source is segregated funding from the Department of Natural Resources and their existing environmental accounts. So um, hopefully that won't be an issue. That'll make it easier, in other it words. Should, it should make it easier. And uh, Assembly Bill 728, what's that all about then? Uh, so that bill doesn't spend money, but it makes two critical programmatic changes that are also linked to nitrogen reduction. The first would make a change to the Rural Well Compensation Grant Program at DNR to remove some restrictions so that more rural homeowners can apply for a grant to mitigate contamination in their drinking water, whether it's from nitrates or other contaminants. The second one makes a programmatic change at DATCAP's producer-led watershed grant program to allow farmer-led groups to include farmers from adjacent watersheds. Right now, they're restricted to projects within a single watershed, and this change would allow those groups to expand. And some other uh, rules and regulations we're talking about. Uh, I remember years ago, we were talking about above-ground above storage tanks, fuel tanks, and really we're having some challenges there. What's the update? So it is interesting. DATCAP is working on restoring their regulatory authority to above-ground fuel storage tanks, and we're working on maintaining our agricultural exemptions. Uh, there is legislation pending that would restore DATCAP's ability to regulate, but preserve farmers' exemption for all above-ground fuel storage tanks under 5,000 gallons. The only thing the farmers would have to do would be to register the existence of the tank. That is simply a safety mechanism so that first responders know it's there if they have to get called to your property. Now, as we get close to the end of this session, as you said uh, earlier, about three weeks, three and a half weeks left, if we don't get bills passed, where are we at? Do they, car do they carry over? How does it work in Wisconsin? It's over. Then we have to start from the beginning next January 2023 when our new legislature comes in. We have to start the process from the beginning. We do not carry proposals forward into the next legislature. And one proposal you talked about coming from Speaker Voss has to do with, uh, with trade going forward uh, next, next year. Trade and supply chain. What's that all about? So the Speaker has created a special Assembly Committee on Trade and Supply Chain. This is an opportunity for us to start communicating with legislators, really looking ahead to next session, not likely issues that will be addressed in the last three or four weeks that we're in now, mm -hmm. but to to provide them information about workforce issues and supply chain challenges that we know agriculture is facing. I think it is an opportunity, and we are grateful that the Speaker is soliciting input on this because it is 
it is critical. We've all seen how breakdown in the supply chain during the pandemic caused incredible ripple effect, including affecting probably every farmer in Wisconsin. How can this be helpful at the state level? Because we hear about the, the port at Oakland, the port at Los Angeles, supply, supply chain disruptions. I saw the Panama Canal and I saw ships out there with thousands of containers, empty containers. Uh, this seems like it's bigger than the statewide issue. You're right if you're looking at those issues. I don't think there's anything that state government could do to deal with the shipping containers and those. But we did learn during the pandemic that the weaknesses, for example, in our state meat processing plants and our lack of capacity there was something that we could address at the state level. And the legislature and the governor did that in the budget when they provided additional funding for meat processing infrastructure grants and six new inspector positions at DATCAP. So when we saw the federally inspected meat plants experience those workforce shortages at the beginning of the pandemic where they shut down and we didn't have places to send hogs, for example, and we rely on that state meat processing supply chain to pick up the slack, we realized that there was there was room there. We needed to, to expand. We needed to provide more infrastructure there. Those are the kind of issues that I hope come out of this speaker's task force. That's where the state has a role. More on that level, not so much on the Panama Canal. And nationally, of course, we look at uh, dealing with uh, the Congress and different farm organizations. A lot of them are whistling from a different hymnal. What about in Wisconsin, as far as the agriculture groups, and you work with so many, are you finding a pretty, fi a pretty unified front as far as supporting the lobbying efforts that you have, even though we have a, a divided legislature, divided government in Wisconsin? Yes, I would say um, agriculture really strives to do two things. Work together as a family on our side, keeping us all on the same page, and make sure that, that we try as best we can to make our issues stay bipartisan. In a situation like we're with Wisconsin, where we have divided government, the only way you can get something done is with bipartisan support. And so far, I think the budget reveals that that's still there for agriculture, and we strive to maintain that as we move forward. You're not going to run out of work anytime soon, are you? It's busy. It's going to keep that <laughs> way for Jordan DeWitt, Jordan Lamb, rather. Again, one of our top lobbyists in Wisconsin here at the Corn Soy Pork Producers Expo in Wisconsin Dells. I'm Bob Bosold. Thank you, Bob and Jordan, for that update. She sure does work hard. I know that I talked to her for a little bit, and boy, she's got a lot of stuff going on. So we're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be getting to Rocky from Premier Livestock in Withy. Brought to you by Chili Implement in Chile. Want a little drill with a big field performance? Chili Implement has Great Plains compact drills like the 606, 1006, and the 1206 NT in stock to help you with food plots, pasture renovations, food production, and more. Available in 6, 10, and 12-foot sizes, these durable drills are ready to tackle the toughest no-till conditions with accurate seeding. If you're looking for small drill versatility and the productivity of a larger drill, visit Chili Implement today and ask about the Great Plains line of compact drills. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And I have Rocky from Premier Livestock on the line. Rocky, is it warmer over there than it has been in the last few days? Hey, this is just kind of normal winter weather, which is kind of cool. I got 22 this morning, so yeah. Awesome. Makes it nice for moving those cattle around. It does, it does, so. All right. So what happened at the markets over there? 
Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is how the special feeder cattle auction shaped up here at Premier Livestock yesterday. We sold 575 head of feeder cattle on a very active, strong market. New crop beef calves, mostly 135 to 185. Lightweights up to 220. Uh, yearlings, mostly 125 to 170. Holstein steers, most weights, most classes from 95 to $1.25. We sold 150 head of bred beef cows, mostly from 11 50 to 1575. Beef breeding bulls up to 1900. Today, Wednesday, a very large hay auction that gets underway at 930 this morning. Uh, if you're looking for selection, you definitely got it here. We got lots and lots of hay and bedding. And then 11 o'clock a.m., we have our dairy cattle auction. We're expecting over 300 head of dairy cattle. Uh, lots of high quality fresh cows today. Uh, many loads of parlor freestall cows. Uh, of exceptional quality. We have several top groups of excellent, hard-to-find, fresh tie stall cows. We also have a complete dispersal of uh, 40 crossbred dairy cows. They're going to be uh, mostly a fresher cows, and they've been exposed to a registered Angus bull. There'll be Jersey crosses, Swedish red crosses, and some Normandy crosses. We're going to have over 125 head of Holstein springing heifers. Uh, one load of them coming off the best herd of cows we sold at Premier last year from J.M. Peterson Farms. Uh, we have many uh, groups of registered springing heifers. We have lots of colored breeds, crossbreds, and jerseys. We also have a very nice registered red Holstein breeding bull. Uh, full details on this auction on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Uh, don't forget for today's auction, we do have online bidding available. You must pre-register for that on cattleusa.com. Looking ahead to next week, uh, we do have three dairy cattle auctions next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, Tuesday, we have a special monthly dairy heifer auction. Wednesday, we got a regular weekly auction featuring 100 fresh two-year-olds, parlor, freestall, and then Thursday, we have a complete dispersal of 390 Holstein dairy cows and heifers. Uh, there's going to be 35 Jersey cows also included in that herd. Uh, we're expecting over 1,000 dairy cattle for next week's auctions. Questions? Give us a call at Premier, 715-229-2500. That's how it's shaped up. Wow, sounds like a busy, busy place. It's been pretty busy. We're very, very fortunate. So, Well, that's good, and I especially mesh with the... With the weather turning around a little bit, maybe things tick up just a hair, too? Yeah. No, that, that's definitely a good thing. So, All right. Well, thank you, Rocky, and you have a great day. You, too. Thank you. And that was Rocky from Premier Livestock in Withy. We're going to run right over and see if Mike Dandria is ready for us. Yes, ma'am. How are we doing, Joe? We are doing excellent today. How about you? I'm doing great, especially since we're starting off kind of warm. Of course, it's a relative term, you know. Well, you know, 23 degrees in February for me, I think, is phenomenal. Yeah, especially after this winter where we've had a lot of below average temperatures. But uh, otherwise, well, today will look kind of gloomy out there because we'll have clouds hanging around for most of the day. But temperatures will start off fairly warm and actually even raise a couple degrees before the early afternoon. So we can expect to get up into the upper 20s. However... We'll hold on to those upper 20s for the early afternoon, and then later on, we'll start to slowly drop off into about the mid-20s by later afternoon. However, late tonight into early tomorrow morning, those clouds will start to clear out, and that'll open up the door for much colder temperatures, and we'll start out the day in about the low single digits. But for tomorrow, 
mostly sunny and uh, temperatures not getting much relief though only getting to about the low to mid teens for the most part and of course our favorite wind chill going to be a factor wind chills as low as negative 10 at times thursday night will be mostly clear and temperatures dipping back below zero and about the negative five degree range and wind chills will feel as cold as about 15 below setting up for a chance of a few flakes early friday morning and uh, not really amounting to too much though but it will be pretty breezy our highs will get up to about the upper 20s and low 30s but occasional wind gusts can be up to 35 miles per hour at times and those winds take us into the friday night with partly cloudy conditions our low temperature right around zero but you factor in those winds and it's going to feel pretty chilly out there right now in eau claire though 21 degrees under a little bit of fog out there as well i'm sky 113 meteorologist mike dandria so mike it's looking pretty steady pretty good i think in my opinion we're going up and down a little bit (laughs) but did i see 40 predicted for sunday i think that we may hit that delusive 40 degree mark by sunday you know i'm always good for a that 40 degree we got cows coming into calf and mm-hmm. get those babies out there and get them dried off oh absolutely it's uh it's nice to see 40s in the forecast isn't it it is <laughs> i'm i'm imp- i'm encouraged yes me too <laughs> well you have yourself a great day jill yes you too thank you talk to you tomorrow yep and that was Mike Dandria from TV13. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by Markwart Motors. Let them do the cleaning for you. Markwart Motors has an auto detailing package. $189.95 for interior and exterior detail. That is a $250 value. Or an interior or exterior detail for $99.95. Call or book your appointment at markwartmotors.com. And I have Morgan in the in the house, so we're going to go right on over and see what she has for our local news. Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We'll talk a little bit about coming out of the polling booths here locally and then get into that state of the state address as well. And it begins with low voter turnout in Eau Claire. Most voters skipped yesterday's primary election. Election managers say voter turnout was just over 8 percent. Voters did narrow the field for school board. Josh Ingersoll ended up as only one of the seven candidates not to advance to the April election. Overall, though, we weren't alone. Voter turnout across most of western Wisconsin was as low as it was here in Eau Claire. Meanwhile, we know that in Milwaukee that uh, competitive race for mayor will be down to Cavalier Johnson and Bob Donovan. Those are the two to move on for that April 5th election. And as you might imagine, the political back and forth didn't ease up in a state of the state address. Governor Evers said he'll call a special session of the legislature to take up his plan to spend a portion of the state's projected $3.8 billion budget surplus. The Democratic governor noted that Republicans want to hold off on decisions regarding the surplus. That's not going to help Wisconsinites buy groceries today. It won't help Wisconsinites pay for gas today. It won't help Wisconsinites pay for childcare, heating their homes or putting food on their table today. Wisconsinites cannot wait. We'll show you different sides so you can decide. Across the aisle, Republican Senator Terry Kotzma of Oostburg responding to that address. He promised handouts to various interest groups. He took credit for tax cuts that the Republican legislature has passed. I know. 
I was in the room. Republicans call Evers' plan, which includes that $150 surplus refund every Wisconsinite, an election year gimmick. In news and headlines that brings us to our area, prosecutors have cleared an Eau Claire police officer in November's officer-involved shooting. The DA's office yesterday said there will be no charges in the deadly shooting of LaKenneth Miller. Investigators say Miller had just stabbed a woman and was still armed with a knife when officers encountered him, and that's when an officer fired. The DA says the officer followed Eau Claire's rules for deadly force. You can find that full document released online at 715newsroom.com. Meanwhile, a new bill would dial up help for broadband and help to get that into rural areas, and it passed the state Senate this week. Bill author Senator Howard Marklein says the broadband expansion grant programs need more guidance to get into some of our lower population areas. We're getting to the point where some of the low-hanging fruit has been served. The easy rural subdivisions and that kind of thing have gotten a grant. But the challenge now is finding the funding for some of those harder to get areas. And this bill would take a step in the right direction. Now, a similar bill in the state assembly would also spend some of the Biden infrastructure bill on wireless broadband in those areas. And get ready to get fancy. Another tradition returns. UW Eau Claire said the Viennese ball will be back this year. If you're feeling fancy, tickets are on sale now. And swapping out the high heels for the barn boots, we continue on with Jill Welke in the Midwest Farm Show. And then, and just after six, we might need those uh, high boots and a bigger shovel when Alex Edwards comes in to lead us through the morning with the usual cast of unusuals in the Wax Morning Show. Live local and right along with you right here on Wax 104.5. Well, thanks, Morgan, for realizing that I would not be comfortable at the Viennese Ball and I would definitely be wearing my boots and we're doing some kicking and stuff when I go out dancing. Um, we're going to have some more farm news and then we're going to run into markets, but first we've got to get some more of those chores done. 2426 London Road, Eau Claire. When you've got to have an auction, you want to work with a company that knows what it's doing to help you. And that means you want to talk to Christensen Sales in Abbotsford. Call Christensen Sales in Abbotsford at 715-223-6345 if you want to have an auction. They'll line it up for you, and don't forget it, Christensen Sales in Abbotsford, they're now offering live online bidding options as well. Your complete auction facility, Christensen Sales in Abbotsford, 715-223-6345. Brought to you by Christensen Sales. Auction schedules online at ChristensenSales.com. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're going to run right into the farm news, and that's brought to you by Christensen Sales. Export sales to Mexico. Sales of 101,000 metric tons of soybeans for delivery to Mexico have been reported by private exporters, with 53,500 tons to be delivered this marketing year and 47,500 tons to be delivered next year. And in honor of Valentine's Day, which just happened, I did a little research on candy prices. Candy prices are not linked to the price of sugar. The Southern Agricultural Economics Association conducted a study on the relationship between sugar prices and the retail cost of sugar-containing products. And the finding was that the prices charged for sugar-sweetened products, our chocolates and our candy, are not related to the price that manufacturers pay for sugar. Sugar that goes into your favorite candy bar doesn't cost the manufacturer very much money, so it does not 
drive the price up. On the products analyzed, sugar accounted for less than 2.6% of a product's price. So that chocolate candy bar that cost $1.49, the sugar has an ingredient cost of only $0.02. That's a little bit more of our farm news. Up next, we're going to be looking at some markets. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean loves working with our area farmers, and they want to say thank you. And they also want to make 2022 a great year for you with a crop of dark red kidney beans. Kidney beans are a high-value crop with a great return on investment and a great addition to any rotation. Chippewa Valley Bean would like to work with you in 2022 to bring value to your operation with a crop of kidney beans. If you want to talk about what Chippewa Valley Bean can do for you, give their agronomist Ben a call at 715-556-193. Or find them on the web at cvbean.com. That's cvbean.com. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The first market we're going to hear from is Jim Lindsay from Equity El Tuna. And after him, we're going to hear from Jerry Fitzgerald from Stratford. Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.15 to $1.35. We topped at $1.37.5. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.05 to $1.30. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.18 to $1.30. We did top at $1.33.25. Choice Holstein steers, $1.07 to $1.17. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.06 and down. Top 20% of the cold cows sold from 68 to 78 with the top of 82.50. 60% of the cows sold from 55 to 67. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 54 and down. Organic market here on Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 80 to $1.05. We topped at $1.65. Bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 79 and down. Cold bulls sold from 65 to 90. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound up Holstein bull calves sold from 60 to $180 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $60 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $300 per head. Here are prices for fancy vaccinated feeder cattle from our last sale, which is held here on February 4th. Three to six hundred pound beef steers a dollar twenty to a dollar eighty four. Six to nine hundred pound beef steers a dollar fifteen to a dollar fifty four. Three to six hundred pound beef heifers a dollar fifteen to a dollar sixty. Six to nine hundred pound beef heifers a dollar ten to a dollar forty nine. Three to six hundred pound Holstein steers eighty to a dollar eleven. Six to nine hundred pound Holstein steers seventy five to a dollar ten. We are now selling organic cattle on Tuesdays at the El Tuna Market. Please have all cattle and appropriate paperwork to the barn by 11 a.m. the day of sale. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, March 4th. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to our upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104 to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the El Tuna Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in El Tuna. Have a great day. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And I have Jerry Fitzgerald on the line from Equity Stratford. You're talking about it being warmer up there and nicer to be around. Yeah, good morning, Jill. Uh, I haven't looked for a little bit here yet, but before when I looked at uh, 25, and that's above. Positive. Awesome. And I was There's been some days here not too long ago when you and I were talking this uh, at this time in the morning, and it was, uh, it was a minus sign between it. So the days are getting longer, and uh, we're, we're well. You will be uh, you'll be busy today over in Marshfield, correct? Yes, 
I'm over there with Kristen. We are in, I believe our booth is number 12 over at the Marshfield Farm Show. That's uh, that's not real close to where the folks got the wine testing, wine tasting, is it, or wine test tasting or whatever? <laughs> well, you never know what can happen at a farm show. Yeah, you sure do. Well, we better be doing be doing this here because it's uh, Wednesday already. Uh, Jill, I thank you and a good morning to everyone. A summary from uh, today, Tuesday here at Equity Stratford. We'll start out with uh, yesterday. Most of the hay was uh, round bales and small squares, but these uh, small round bales, mostly grassier hay, selling from 35 to 5 per bale. Uh, small squares of hay, mostly from 250 to 325 per bale. And of course, our next hay sale. Next Tuesday, we already have large square bales of oat straw for that sale next week. Now we'll get into the market auction yesterday. Uh, start out with the organic cows. Organic market cows sold every Tuesday here in Stratford. Quality, higher yielding organic cows selling from 95 to $1.10. Lower yielding organics, uh, those are 90 and below. Conventional type cows, uh, fully steady market on those. Higher yielding Holstein cows yesterday from 68 up to 78 and a half. The cows on yesterday's auction this week. 57, better carcass cows below 50. On the bull trade this week, better quality bulls, mostly from 87 to $1. And of course, we'll have an update on the fed cattle. Uh, most of the fed cattle we sell is today, so we'll have an update on those. Uh, report. But our calf market so far this week, good quality hosting bull calves, mostly from 85 up to a top of 185. Pretty limited demand on the heifer calves, 25 and below. Beef calves, good demand, 150 to 300. And so far this week, we've topped out at 375 on those, and that was on Monday's auction. And uh, like I said, we are Wednesday here at Stratford. Our feeder cattle auction today will start at 12 noon. Our regular auction does start at 10 o'clock. Of course, market cattle today, conventional market-type cows. Uh, uh, and, of course, all beef cattle, uh, fat cattle, beef fat cattle, and holding fat cattle, sheep, hogs, and goats. Noon will be the feeder sale, or maybe a little after when we get around to it. And we've got some... Very fancy black Angus bulls and heifers today as part of that sale. Good quality black Angus cattle. Uh, they're going to weigh from about 6 to 9, so that's part of the auction today, but a special consignment. So, again, that'll be around the noontime start. Oh, uh, Jill, that's about all I have for this morning. Do keep in mind our sale on Thursday does start at 11, but we have a lot of information on our website. Special sales coming up here in March. We certainly invite you folks to take a look at that on our website and uh, for dairy cattle and for feeder cattle. So, well, with that, we'll turn it back to you. You enjoy the day, and uh, well, uh, like I said, uh, you uh, probably not going to go home today. You're going to stay right over in Marshfield, huh? <laughs> no, I got to do the show tomorrow morning. Oh well, uh, what you got to? over there with you this morning today. Uh, got to do the old American way, just draw straws, and one of you can come over to Eau Claire, and the other one can kind of sort of sleep in, maybe. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good plan. You know, I tell you what, if she's listening, she's probably thinking, where did he come up with an idea like that, you know? <laughs> well, you enjoy the day, Jill. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yep, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Stratford. We're going to run right into some of our country elevator prices. Golden Plump in Arcadia is at five eighty-two For their corn, Baldwin, Duran, Mondovi, Elmwood, and Fall Creek are all at five eighty-three for their corn. Baldwin's at fourteen ninety five for their soybeans. Duran's fourteen ninety five soybeans. Mondovi is at fourteen eighty nine for soybeans. Elmwood is at fourteen ninety five for soybeans. And Falkring is at fourteen eighty four with their soybeans. 
Osseo's at five ninety three for their corn and fourteen ninety five for soybeans. Stevens Point is at fourteen eighty. Elk Mound is at five eighty seven and fourteen ninety. Sparters coming in at five ninety five and fourteen ninety two. Ellsworth is at five seventy and fourteen seventy nine. Doomers Buck Country is at five eighty one for their corn and fifteen dollars for their soybeans. Wheat and Chippewa Falls locations at five eighty seven for corn and fourteen. 94 for soybeans and Connersville's at 587 for corn and 1491 for soybeans. At our ethanol plants, Boyceville's at 603, Stanley's at 594, New Richmond's at 583, and our Chicago Board of Trade corn march is at 641 up three. Oats is at 717 down two. Soybeans are at 1563 up 12 with our soybean meal at 444. Four hundred forty-four dollars a ton, up five and a half dollars. Wheat is at eight oh seven, up a dollar and a half. And our dairy products barrels are at one ninety-five. No change from yesterday. Forty-pound blocks are at one ninety-nine, up seven and a half. Our gray double A butters at two eighty-six, up seven and a half. And our class three milk for February is at twenty eighty, down two cents. March is twenty-two ninety-seven, up sixteen cents. April's at twenty-three twenty-one, down four cents. We've got a few more chores to do. And then we're going to be wrapping her up. Weather today, we're going to be in the 30s today with a little bit of a drop tomorrow. High of only 12. Friday, we're back up to 33. And Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we're in the 20s. And then Sunday, you know, I'm thinking about we're going to get up to the 40s. That's what I have for you for the farm news and markets for today. Remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other. And I'll see you at the farm show in Marshfield. We are... Booth number 12, Wax. I'm waiting to see who shows up, and I'd love to visit with you. Have a great day.